Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Roundtable. I am your host, Eli McCowan, and today I'm joined by the MSU hockey beat reporter, Sam Scar, for his first time on the podcast ever. Very excited for this. Sam, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing well. I mean, like you said, it's my first time being on the podcast, so I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. That's good. I got to ask you, because it's like we're recording this on uh, January 28th, Thursday. Um, I got to ask you personally, do you have some money in GameStop? Like, where have you been like in on this or is it, <laughs> you know, I actually do not on GameStop, but I was, I was sitting there yesterday and I was like, you know, I think I just got to be a part of it. So I bought two shares, just two shares of AMC and two shares of Nokia. And, you know, yesterday was fun. Made a little bit of money, but now today it's not looking great. But I was just like, this is something historical, something I've never seen before in my life. Why not be a part of it? Yeah, no, I, I, I've i been following it for the last couple of days. It's like the funniest thing I've ever seen that a bunch of people on Reddit just got together and pushed this company of GameStop up to like $300. It started. It was like, I think it's almost like 500 today. Like it was something ridiculous. It's just been so funny. I, I had, it's been like one of the coolest stories of the year. I think it's hilarious. We'll see how this kind of continues to go on. But um, anyways, we've come here today to talk about Michigan State hockey, not about GameStop stock or Nokia or AMC. <laughs> but um, their season so far, so recording this on January 28th, uh, prior to their series against Wisconsin, we'll see how that goes. But currently before that matchup, they're six, eight and two on the season. Uh, they going in going back to last season, they had a really promising start, kind of fell off the rails towards the end. Um, they lost a few major contributors, Patrick Kordorenko, John Lethman, uh, their goalie. Um, so, so far, Sam, six, eight, and two. Um, they've been up and down the season, it seems like to me. I mean, what's been your overall opinion on their play so far? Um, well, I think it's kind of been an interesting season, to say the least. You know, they started off pretty well, um, but then – as the seasons progress in these last few games now, they've started to hit a little bit of a rough patch. I think they've lost now four of the last six games or something like that. Um, you know, the offense is struggling a little bit, but the defense has been pretty good. And also the goaltending with Judah Ritter, he's been playing very well. Um, I mean, this the biggest problem for this team right now is just been finding consistency in the, on the offense, finding somebody that can step up and score goals, like you said, Patrick Kotorinko leaving, graduated last year. So, I mean, that's a big loss, a premium goal scorer for the Spartans last year. And I'd say his absence is missed dearly right now. Yeah, I mean, that was a guy last year, I mean, covering a few games, he's a guy who always stood out, was always making plays, he kind of was the center of that offense. You lose that, it's going to be hard to get that back. So, I mean, what's been your opinion on where it's been kind of going wrong with the offense? I know specifically with the power play, they've been hurting a lot in some of those areas as well. I mean, what's where's the issues and then how? Wh- who are the people and where are the is- areas that you think they, they can fix that? Um, well, I can think of a few things. You know, first is having that goal, go-to guy that can consistently score goals like Kodorinko. You know, they brought in a graduate student this year, a transfer named Charlie Combs from Bemidji State in my, my home state of Minnesota. Um, thought he could maybe be that guy. He is leading the team in goals with five. But, I mean, five really isn't that much for how far they're now in the season. You know, this now they're playing in Wisconsin this weekend, and their leading scorer, Cole Caulfield, fantastic player, one of the best in the country. He has 10 goals this year, which leads the team in his second in the country. So he's just unbelievable. It just kind of shows you where 
this team is a little bit lacking in that go-to goal scorer. They thought also maybe Mitchell Lewandowski could be that kind of guy. You know, he's playing well. He's getting a lot of assists, a few goals there, but he hasn't really been scoring, I think, as much as maybe head coach Dan and Cole would have liked. But in terms of just the power play, I mean, it's hard to watch at times. I mean, they've scored three power play goals this season, which is – I don't know the exact number right now, but I know it's for sure below like 9%. It's just is this. Yeah, it's just one of the worst in the country. Um, you know, they have a hard time keeping the puck in the zone on offense. They saw the coach is constantly kind of changing up who's on the power play, which, I mean, I don't think that results in them maybe struggling, but I think he's just trying to find a way for somebody to just score on the power play. You know, they're trying to move the puck around. They, they do get some good chances, I'll say that, but. I mean, just nothing goes in the net, and that's really what ultimately matters when you're on the power play, having that man advantage. And I remember joking with a couple of the reporters this past weekend that I think in the first Ohio State game, Michigan State had no power plays the entire game. They ended up losing that game. But, I mean, they almost might just be a better team skating five-on-five five than they are with a man advantage, which is really weird to say, but I think that's just how it is. Yeah. So I think one of the guys that's really been a key piece, you know, John Lethman leads. He had an incredible year last year. Um, Lethman didn't start the season, though. DeRitter did. He ends up becoming the guy this year. I mean, what have you thought about his performance throughout the year for a defense that has actually been, played very well this season outside of maybe that Michigan game where they lose 9-0 and some things like that? The defense has been very solid. I was, did you say the defense or, or DeRitter? Or De DeRitter. Sorry with DeRitter. Yeah. Well, Ritter, I think he's been fantastic this year. He is top 10 in the country in save percentage, which is awesome. You know, he's had an interesting career. His freshman year, he kind of split duties with John Leatherman. And then last year, kind of took a back step to him. And Ritter did not really play much at all, to, but really to no fault of his own. He's still a really solid goaltender. And I actually talked to him last night in a one-on-one -on -one interview, and he kind of he seemed like he was maybe a little bit bothered by it, but he he didn't actually come to say it. Um, but I think that he it maybe helped him in the long run, whether he admits it or not. But this year, I mean, he's just been fantastic. He has two shutouts this year, when one of those being the most recent game against Ohio State. I mean, he's just been bailing out the team a lot this year, um, just time and time again. He has had like that mishap, that nine nine zero defeat to Michigan, which was that was hard to watch. I I'm glad I did not make the drive from East Lansing to Ann Arbor to sit through that game, but whatever. And then, what was I gonna say? Ritter, I mean, he's yeah, he's just been bailing them out. He seems to be playing with a lot more confidence this as this year has gone on. You know, there's so many times when they've got great chances to score and he just makes a fantastic save. And, I mean, the penalty kill actually for Michigan State has not been pretty – or has been pretty good. And I think part of that is because of DeRitter, but then also just the defense, you know, led by Dennis Cezana, Tommy Miller, the Krieger twins. They've actually been pretty solid this year. So I, I got to give some props to them. Yeah, I mean, that group of guys last year, I mean, they you saw it last year. And I think you, it's – even in the middle of a pandemic, I – I mean, there's not – defense travels is always the old thing you always hear, what, no matter what sport it is. Defense travels, 
think that's been the case no matter whether there's a pandemic or not for this team. It seems like they've been very solid. I mean, you talked about a few of those guys. I mean, where have they kind of impressed you along those lines and how they've played this season for defense? On the defense? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Dennis Sazana has always been kind of the star on defense for Michigan State. You know, he's also knows how to play or press up on offense, too. He's got eight assists and a goal this year, which is – pretty a, a lot for a defenseman but I mean in terms of anyone that stands out I think Nash Neenhaus he's a freshman this year started almost every game I think he's only missed two this year but he's been pretty solid actually coming in as a freshman having just that weird offseason or, or just training camp with no just with all the COVID and everything like that um, and then also the Krieger twins Christian Krieger Cole Krieger both have been drafted into the NHL and both have been pretty solid. Um, you know, they've both scored three goals combined this year, which is pretty good for them. Christian Krieger, they're both juniors and Christian had not scored first two seasons in the first game of the year against Arizona state. Boom. He scores the, the goal, which is pretty awesome. But then there's also Tommy Miller. He's the captain of the team. He's just a, a leader in the locker room and just on the ice and yeah, I mean, yeah. So where do you think this program is right now? I mean, talking with our, our good friend, Brendan Gumbel last year on the, like talking about hockey on the podcast last year, I asked him a question about where he thought this program was. And I asked him, I was like, do you think with Dan Cole here, this is a team with Dan Cole that could win a national title. And he thought they could back a year ago, not necessarily the next year or two, but in sometime in the future under a guy like Dan Cole, I mean, where do you see where this program is right now under Danton Cole for this season, which, I mean, the pandemic, you know, there's been a lot of questions about in college, like how much does this season really matter and like some of those different things. But, you know, in the future with under Danton Cole, where do you see this program? You know, I, I do think that Danton Cole is a great coach. I think that this, this team, this program is heading in the right direction and does have the chance of potentially winning a national championship at some point. Um, I kind of think of it maybe a little bit as the Mel Tucker with the football team. You know, Dan Nicole took over just a few years ago, and Mel Tucker obviously this year they had two wins, which obviously when you look at the record and that's it, not great. But those two wins, Michigan, Northwestern, pretty solid program building wins. And I think that, as you mentioned, with COVID and everything, I mean, maybe that has an effect on where the record and just whatever is going on through the season can be given a little bit of a pass, but I think they, this program is heading in the right direction. They've got some young pieces right now on the team that are, are playing well. I really like how Josh Nodler, their center has been playing. He's a sophomore. He leads the team in points. He's just, he makes plays everywhere, setting up people. He had the game winning goal recently, which was pretty awesome. And then what is in interesting to know about this team is the extra year of eligibility that the NCAA is granting to all athletes who are playing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if any seniors this year will return and play another year in the green and white. And I've heard some rumblings of, of a couple players maybe considering it, but you know, it'll be a tough decision. It'll be a player decision and the coach's decision. They'll have to like do all the numbers because they also maybe have some recruits coming in. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I do think that this team has some nice pieces, you know, and also AJ Hodges is a freshman that's played pretty well. He started out on the first line. 
just getting thrown right into it by dancing cold. He's kind of moved around a little bit now, but I think that just goes to show how, what he thinks of AJ Hodges and how he believes that he can be a really special player when it comes to his every year at Michigan state. And then also Jager Joshua is a player who in these last few games has really come on strong. He's also, he's always been known as this kind of physical scrappy, get in your face type of player. And last year as a freshman, and then even these first half of these games, he would, he would play physically after the whistle during play, but it would result in him getting a penalty. And then all of a sudden we're on the penalty kill, which is no good. But in these last few games, he's been able to continue to play that style, but also be able to find that middle ground where you can play physically and kind of get into the, the players on the opposing team's minds, then also not draw a penalty, which is, I think, just a real sign of his growing maturity as a, as a Spartan. And, I mean, he's also scored three goals this year, which is last year he had two goals. So, I mean, if he's providing both that physical play and also a little bit of offense, which obviously this team needs, that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. So for the rest of the season, where do you see this time, this team finishing? Where do you see this team kind of fitting in in the Big Ten puzzle to head into the, I'm assuming they're playing the Big Ten tournament still at the end of the year. I know at the beginning of the year they still were. I didn't think there was any changes with that. But where do you see this team kind of fitting in in the Big Ten puzzle when, it, when, it's, when the dust kind of settles here? You know, it's tough because when, when looking at the Big Ten standings right now, you've obviously got Minnesota at the top and they're just way ahead of everybody. I don't think really anybody's going to catch them. They're one of the best teams in the country. But then after that, it's all just kind of a bunch of teams piled together. And, you know, looking at the record six, eight and two, you're like, oh, I mean, that maybe that's not that bad. It's just a little bit below 500, but it's actually the last in the Big Ten. They're one point behind uh, Ohio State, who is – a spot ahead of them and then I think it's only like two or th three points separate the seventh team which Michigan State at the bottom from the fourth team mm -hmm. so I mean there's still a lot of movement that can definitely happen within the standings of the Big Ten and I think one major key for this team going forward besides the offense is going to be getting a sweep they have not swept a team yet and part of that has been struggling in the opening games of series you know they typically have kind of come out flat and to begin series, and then it results in them losing. But then they usually bounce back the second game and end up splitting the series. And that's what happened against Ohio State last week, and they had, which was a perfect chance to kind of get out of the cellar of the Big Ten and not be in last place. But splitting the series, you know, each team gets three points. It doesn't really make a difference at all. So, I mean, yes, they are playing the Big Ten tournament this year. They actually, I think, just announced that it's going to be played at Notre Dame, which – you know, some people were complaining that it would maybe be an advantage for Notre Dame being able to play on their home ice for the Big Ten tournament, but they've actually only won three home games this year. They've had a better road record, which is kind of crazy. So, you know, I, I think I think I can see them finishing maybe like fifth in the Big Ten. I think that they'll be able to maybe figure some things out and, and string some wins together. You know, they get to play Arizona State two more times, who – they played pretty well in the beginning of the year, winning, winning the second game and, the, and then tying in overtime against them. But then at the same time, they also do have two more games against Minnesota, which will not be easy. But I, I do think that, that, that this team has a capability of, of finishing in the, maybe the middle of the Big Ten this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So 
moving on from hockey, you know, obviously appreciate you talking about some hockey. It's going to be interesting to see how the season kind of goes and finishes up for them. I'm really excited to see how that finishes. Um, and some of the stories end up coming from that. Hopefully for them too, they can say COVID safe. It seems like they have pretty well so far. I think they only had two games that got postponed and I don't even think that those two were on the fault of their own really. So, I mean, the pandemic in itself is not really a fault of anybody, but you know, it does happen and everything. Um, we see men's, men's basketball is coming back today. Women's basketball plays today too. After long pause, it's been wild. The Michigan State Athletics past few days, but hockey, hockey, hockey. stayed safe. Hockey is invincible so far. Yeah, they've only had those two games postponed, and it was supposed to be a home game or home series against Wisconsin, but they had a few positive tests within their program, so that ended up getting postponed. But, I mean, so far, knock on wood, no no cases, no no problems so far within the Spartan program. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep that going. I mean, it, it, it only takes one, one case, one person to come in contact, and it's over. So hopefully it does. It'll be interesting to see how this season wraps up for them. I'm excited to see that. Um, but next, obviously, um, we're recording this on a Thursday. This will be coming out early next week before the Super Bowl. Um, we have this weird Pro Bowl week thing that I can't stand. I can't wait till they finally get rid of the Pro Bowl. I just, I'm, I'm done with it. It drives me insane. This like week thing where I have to sit here for a week and twiddle with my thumbs on a, on a Sunday night. But um, so Super Bowl, we got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, if you would have told me this title game was going to happen five years ago, I would have told you you were insane. But here we are. Um, I believe Kansas City is a slight favorite in this one. Um, I, I, what are you excited for in the Super Bowl, Sam? I mean, it's kind of wild to think that a year ago we had the Chiefs and the 49ers, and then it was a couple weeks later and we're in the middle of a pandemic. But, um, you know, we're, we're, what are you excited for in this matchup to kind of sit back and watch? Well, I think the obvious answer to that question is the quarterback battle between – Patrick Mahomes, who is, you know, one of the best quarterbacks that I've seen or just most talented quarterbacks that I've seen play in my lifetime. And he's only played in the league, what, four years or something like that. I mean, the Chiefs are just going to be a really good team for a long time. But then going up against Tom Brady, who is also one of the best quarterbacks of all time, probably. And just seeing those two battle against each other, I think will be super entertaining. Like that AFC championship game a couple years ago in Kansas City, when uh, Patriots went down and came back and won, and then they beat the Rams the following year in the Super Bowl. I mean, that was a fantastic game. And I think this game is going to be just as great. I mean, you've got a super fun, two, both teams are just super fun, super exciting. Tyreek Hill is playing on a new level. And so is Travis Kelsey, who I think could be a dark horse MVP candidate, or at least should be considered for offensive player of the year. Um, but I mean, also, I think just an interesting tidbit of this game with Tampa Bay being the first home team ever to host a Super Bowl game. You know, obviously it might not have as big of an impact this year with COVID and limited fans, but I think that'll just be an interesting thing to watch out for. Yeah. And I have to say, Travis Kelsey, the man carried my fantasy team all year long. I, I have to say, too, while we're talking about this, I mean, obviously, first, I got to congratulate you, Sam. I don't think I've been able to do that yet in any kind of format on winning our state news league. It was a hell of a battle. We had probably the most competitive league that I've ever been a part of when it comes to how the records fell. I mean, my side of the division, I think everybody was like seven and six or something to end the year, except for one person. Like it all like the playoff spots were down until like the last day um, that like the last couple points and everything. It was probably like one of the most wild leagues I've ever been a part of. It's a great one. But Travis Kelsey, man, that guy carried me all year long. Um mm-hmm. 
it, it, that was incredible. I, the, the guy's nuts. He's been one of the most talented players in the league for the last couple of years. Um, Tom Brady, of course, you, you said the quarterback battle is going to be wild. I'm very excited to see that kind of the, the old and the new, you know, the new era passing of the torch, maybe, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. We also have two Michigan state players playing one on each side, Le'Veon Bell. We'll see if he can come in and play. I know he was out for the AFC title game. Uh, William Golston's on the other end, which people forget about William Golston all the time. But I mean, like, I, I think still watching him punch, um, Taylor Lewan in the face is probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in football still, but um, it should be a really interesting matchup. I think, um, Sam, I'm going to swing it back to you. I mean, what's kind of your prediction for this one? What's your score predict? Give me a score prediction and kind of think what you get, what's going to happen here. You know, I, I want Tampa Bay to win. Just, I think that they're just kind of a cool story. They kind of remind me a little bit of the Clippers in the NBA last year, just kind of bringing these players together. And there's also, you know, I'm, I'm a big Minnesota boy. Two guys from the University of Minnesota, both rookies, playing on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Antoine Winfield Jr., who's been amazing as a second-round safety. And they've got Tyler Johnson, who's like a fourth or fifth wide receiver, who's made some big plays as well. But I think after last year's playoffs, I've learned to never bet against Patrick Mahomes. I did that in the Super Bowl with the 49ers. I was riding the 49ers made that mistake, not doing it again. I think Kansas City is going to take home the victory. I think that their offense is just too unstoppable. Um, and then their defense, I think, is a little bit underrated. They're a pretty solid defense. You know, they held the, the Bills in the red zone. They were just kicking field goals all day, and you're not going to beat the Chiefs kicking field goals. So in terms of a score, man, I could see Kansas City putting up at least 30 points for sure. So I'm, I'm going to go Kansas City, 35 and then Tampa Bay, 27. Okay. I, I, I'm with you. I think the, with these two quarterbacks we're talking about, I don't think you want to bet against either of them. That's why I'm staying away. <laughs> I have friends who are like, let's put some money down. on. I'm like, I'm staying away from this one. I'm not betting against Tom Brady, and I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. It's kind of just that same thing. I just can't. I can't do it. Um, we're talking about two guys who are – I mean, Patrick Mahomes is already an all-time winner, the way he plays, and Tom Brady's, I mean, he's been in 10 Super Bowls now, I think, or something. I mean, the stats he's had and the, the accolades he's racked up are ridiculous now. Um, I, but I think Kansas City, like you said, the offense, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes is just the, the one of, it's going to end up being one of the all-time duos. The, the arm talent of Mahomes, the speed of Tyreek Hill, it's just, I mean, you, you can't stop it. There's nothing you can do about it. Then you have Travis Kelsey with it. Um, great offensive line, two great running backs behind it. it, it are, for, honestly, three really good running backs behind it. They have a bunch of really good guys there. Um, yeah. And I just think – I think Kansas City and Tampa Bay, they both have solid defenses. I think it's going to be a really good game. I, th I got 31-27. That's what I'm going with. Um, I'm going to go near yours is kind of what I was feeling – about where I was feeling. I think Tampa keeps it close, but Patrick Mahomes and Tiger Hill, it's going to be too much. It's – but I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, Super Bowl. I'm not ready for the football season to be over, um, you know, but something's got to come to an end. Hopefully next year things are better. So like we can actually get some people in the stands and things are better that way. But time will tell. Um, should be a good one, though. I'm excited. Do you got any final thoughts about it before we head off? Um, well, no, I'm, I'm just excited. And like you said, not ready for football to be over. It's definitely my favorite sport. And usually around this time, when it's leading up to the Super Bowl, I'm like, wow, we've already gone through like 
a full regular season and pretty much all of the playoffs in the NFL. Like it always seems to go by super quickly. And I'm already excited for week one next year. So obviously Super Bowl comes first. Looking forward to it. Should be a good game. And hopefully for you and I both, we've been the bottom feeders of the NFC North. So for the Vikings and the Lions, hopefully hopefully things are better. Hopefully I just, you know, I'm very excited about the Lions future. Got a great staff. Should be interesting to see how this goes. But this upcoming draft terrifies the living hell out of me. We'll see what happens. But, you know, I'm my hopes are going to get high in August again. And I know I'm just going to get disappointed. I know you probably have the same kind of feeling, but. Not as bad as you, I got to say. Not as bad as the Lions. But, I mean, what? What is it? Bite your kneecaps? Is that what he's saying? Are you, are you buying that? I we'll see. I, I, I am not going to get my hopes up. I, I, I really wanted Robert Salah. We saw, we, you know, but obviously things go in a different direction, uh, but we'll see. I'm going to put, I'm going to put my, you know, my support behind them until I don't think I can anymore. And I think he's got to be gone. I was very ready for Matt Patricia to be gone. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, but you know seeing Jim Caldwell go then you know after he brought us to the playoffs and then seeing that happen after was very just uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that I'd go on for an hour but um I hope the Lions are back I hope the Vikings are back I hope we can send the Packers back back home I know Sean Ryder's wanted to talk about his Bears but we're gonna leave them off we're not gonna talk about Money Mitch or anything but um Sam I really appreciate you coming on and talk Super Bowl talk hockey with me um Hope we'll see how this weekend goes. Should be a solid matchup uh, against Wisconsin. And um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next week on Stadium Sports Roundtable.